Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. This is Kim Skorupski here. On today's episode, we have Dr. Thomas Lewis, Professor Emeritus in the Department of Biostatistics at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing great, and I just cannot wait to hear what a professor of biostatistics is going to talk with us about on the podcast today. Well, I'm going to talk a bit about career and time management. Thank the Lord. I was hoping we weren't going to have to talk about biostatistics on a podcast. I thought, oh my gosh, if I have to start looking at linear equation models or try to translate Y equals A plus BX over uh, the channels, people might get a little bit disturbed. So yay, career and time management from a biostatistician. Go ahead, Tom. Now, warning, there are two formulas in it, but I think they'll be accessible. Okay, so here we go. First point, which is in the beginning, and for those of you that already have a job, this would be for your next job. But the point is, you should try to take the right job. Choose a work setting that lines up with your interests and skills. Look at the trajectory of recent hires. Ask yourself, do I want to end up looking like them? Find a department where you're happy to work that's invested in your success. All of these things are goals. They may not be able to be achieved. Get the CVs from tenured faculty. Find out the timing of their progression through the ranks. Do people stay? Do they go? Does the department provide you with what you need to succeed? You certainly need to succeed on your own, but the conditions for success can be set by a department or other unit. Are the junior faculty getting good mentoring from the senior faculty? And here's one that will sound odd, but is actually worth keeping to think about. Whether you're for a postdoc or a faculty position, go to a place that it's good to be from. It's not that you plan to leave, at least not a faculty position, but you want to be in an environment where you grow, learn, and are increasingly professionally attractive internally and externally. And so that's what I mean by be in a place that's good to be from. Now, most of you may already be in a place, so we'll go to things that have to do with establishing yourself in place, if you'd like. Establish relationships with the best researchers and educators in your institution and beyond. Find and engage with mentors, those in your unit and those in other fields and units. Most places will have a mentoring program, and they may meet your needs and they may not. So be uh, assertive in finding the right mentors for you. Volunteer within your organization and for the profession. Doing so certainly helps out, increases your visibility, and is educational. However, early in your career, try to control the amount. Don't do too much while you're in the beginning stages. Networking is important. People like to be approached, and you'll learn a great deal. It's very ego-gratifying for senior people to have junior people come up and want to talk with them. But be sincere. Don't game it. Don't make it that you're trying to optimize your life. It's really more that you are interested. And if you aren't, (laughs) then don't do it. To assess your progress, meet with your chair annually and with mentors more frequently. Keep your eye on the prize or the prizes. Set short and medium-term goals as aids to navigation. Keep them in mind. Don't be so goal-oriented that you are inflexible, but it's nice to have a framework. Okay, a bit on promotion. Promotion depends on a blend of quality, productivity, a research signature or signatures, educational impact, and service. The weights vary with the fields and the departments, but they all seem to be in play. And so a promotion packet includes such things as external reviews, and of course they depend on your work and your being known. Your published articles 
software, membership on editorial boards, advisory boards, departmental and university service. The list goes on. I'll continue. Talks at universities, government agencies, conferences, competitive grants, awards from societies and the university. And of course, educational impact, students mentored courses, student and colleague feedback. And I would say that the best way to maximize promotion prospects is to be productive. The energy invested in too much worry about promotion is better invested in your research, teaching, collaborations, and service. Indeed, constantly optimizing is likely to be suboptimal, especially if you've managed to be in a place where it's good to be. So a little bit about productivity, and then and then I'll finish up. Here's one that is difficult to do, but at least at many times you should do it when you're not on clinical call or whatever else it might be. Turn off all phone and computer audio notifications. Yes. I even turn off all visual notifications on the computer. I'm confident to know that I will go look when I need to know something. Be unfindable at least for one largest block of time each week. Here's one that really helped me early on and actually still helps me, and that is make standing appointments with yourself and treat with at least as much respect as you do appointments with others. It's not that you'll never change them, but keep them with their legitimacy as much as you would a project meeting or any other meetings so that you have time to do some things that are either reading the literature or whatever it might be. Think. Time to think, right? Yeah. Amazing if we can do that. You don't always have a choice, but try to work with productive, skilled, personable colleagues. There are so many around it would be really worth trying to do that. Here's one that I learned early on. Just because it's logical doesn't mean it's desirable. You may not be interested in something that is completely logical. For example, getting involved in a collaboration similar to one you've finished. Desirability can be more important than logic. It's sometimes very hard to talk people out of the logic of the situation. I have difficulty with that, but it's hard for them to talk me out of my not being desiring it. It's much easier to do. Right. Here are the the two formulas. Uh And one is prevalence is incidence times mean duration. That's an epidemiological approximation. The prevalence of obligations is approximately their incidence times the mean duration. So be aware of a very large prevalence that results from a small incidence, but a large duration. You can look up and find, oh my God, I am overcommitted by a big amount. Another one that is somewhat similar is that in in the mathematics of careers, 5 times 20 does not equal 20 times 5. Having 5 20% commitments is very, very different from having 25% commitments. This latter is neither career nor science policy friendly. One more on this productivity business and then on to a coda. I have a sort of a rules of engagement, including level zero design, as I call it. Structure projects for success. They need to have the right team and the right resources in order to have a good chance of success, the right skill sets and other things. And so you may not be in complete control of that, but try to be on the lookout for projects that are structured for success and funded for success. So a bit of a coda, and I'll be out of your way. Be a finisher. If you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. Build and maintain a reputation as an honest broker. Never tell a lie, and that does not mean you have to tell the whole truth. I've had people say to me, Tom, do you know what's going on in health services? And I'll say, yep. And they'll say, what is it? I say, I'm not telling you. So I don't tell a lie. 
be trusted with information. It's a virtue in its own right, and being trusted opens access. Be evidence-based in critiquing and reviewing work and in presenting your own work. Separate evidence from speculation, but it's fine to speculate. And then finally, take some well-considered chances. As Sir Winston Churchill said, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So hopefully some of these will help in some way or another. Oh, my gosh. There, there's so much here. I've been writing furiously, trying to write quietly. My producer always says, stop writing. We hear you when you're writing. But I'm just, there's so much here. Tom, this has been wonderful. And I am absolutely confident that everyone's going to have to rewind and listen to this at least three times because it's chock full <laughs> of so much cool stuff. I just, I love the the five by 20 and 20 by five. That's not equivalent. That is like just so profound. But it's, it's so simple, but it's, yeah, five projects at 20% effort, or are you going to do 20 projects at 5% effort? Oh, quantity or quality. Yeah, I love it. So much here. This is really, really great stuff. Folks, that's, this has been Dr. Thomas Lewis. Ripped through career and time management in warp speed, less than 10 minutes. Uh, that's a biostatistician for you. Our professor emeritus in biostatistics, Dr. Thomas Lewis. Tom, thank you so much. This was great. I'm, I myself have to listen to this about five more times because it was so rich. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory Podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.